The following podcast will contain spoilers and explicit language. Hello and welcome to episode 123 of Yeah, It's That Bad. My name is Joel. And I'm Martin. This is a show that looks at supposedly bad movies and asks the question, is it really that bad? And what that boils down to is that we look at movies that are rotten, are rotten tomatoes, and reevaluate that score. Does it really deserve to be that low? Tonight's movie is 1985's Rocky IV, directed by Sylvester Stallone, starring Sylvester Stallone, Dolph Lundgren, Burt Young, Talia Shire, Carl Weathers, Tony Burton, Brigitte Nielsen. And Michael Pataki. Rocky IV is a 1985 American film written by, directed by, and starring Sylvester Stallone. It is the fourth and most financially successful entry in the Rocky series. This movie currently holds a 44% on Rotten Tomatoes. How about a plot synopsis? Rocky Balboa, heavyweight champion of the world, is the trainer for Apollo Creed in an exhibition match against Ivan Drago, a Superman boxer from the Soviet <laughs> Union. When Apollo is killed in the ring by brutal Drago, Balboa blames himself and promises to avenge his friend's death in the ring. Okay, Rocky IV, tonight's movie was sponsored by Chris. Chris writes it and says, Hey guys, okay, finally decided on the film. After noticing that you guys have only done one Sylvester Stallone film, I felt the need to rectify this immediately. The film I nominate is Rocky IV, a film I must have watched a few trillion times as a kid growing up. I actually wrote an essay in my high school drama class on the many ridiculous plot elements in the film. A couple of highlights to keep track of. Paulie's way ahead of its time personal robot that he may or may not have tuned into his personal sex bot. No, he absolutely did. He didn't. absolutely turned into that. Drago's insane boxing power, more than four tons or about three times the average boxer. All in all, the film is about 37.6% story and 64. 4% music montage, but it's a 100% ball-tingling awesome. <laughs> Thanks for all the laughs, Chris. I couldn't have said it better myself. Either could I. He is on point with that review. Okay, Martin, Rocky Four. what's your history with this? I've seen this movie just like Chris, probably 17 trillion, 17 trillion 18, 19 trillion times. This movie is a big part of my childhood. In fact, I'm going to go as far as to say that this movie has made me the man I am today. You probably wouldn't even grown up to have had a childhood if it wasn't for this film and what it accomplished oh my in a God. socio-political scale. As far as it goes, I mean, just our geopolitical spheres of influence, this movie... Everything, everything dates back to this film. This movie disarmed a lot of tension between what could have possibly been an all-out nuclear holocaust. But we'll get to that too. Yeah. Enough. As for me, I agree with you. I watched this movie 17 billion times to the third power. That's, <laughs> that's quite a few times. <laughs> I love this movie. This is far and away my favorite in the Rocky series. Oh, no yeah. contest, no question. I, I love it. Even though it's like probably the goofiest out, out of all of them. There's something about this movie that just captures me. I don't know, but we'll, we'll get to it. All right, let's do what we always do at the top of the show. We'll discuss the actors one by one and we'll see how you thought they did. Here we go again, the triumphant return. Not since the days of the Expendables have we seen Sylvester Stallone. How do you think he did? This guy is 100,000% beefcake blast to the face in this movie. He's at his prime here. He is. He is. Great A beef. He's the Italian stallion in this movie. <laughs> Italian sausage? I forgot what the true Italian stallion looked like until... <laughs> 
until I popped in Rocky Four, and by popped in, I mean watched it on YouTube. And oh, but I rented it on YouTube. You paid for this? I did. Wow, I'm proud of you. <laughs> well, I guess this is growing up. <laughs> well, I, now that the NSA is tracking all our illegal downloads, I had to buy it. You I had to wise want, up. Yeah, I didn't want to swat team <laughs> busting in through my window. That being said, as far as acting is concerned in this movie, does it even matter? No, I, I thought he was awful in this. Like his verbally, he was terrible. But physically, his body language spoke volumes. I don't really care what the dialogue is in this movie. Was there dialogue? I, I vaguely remember a few lines here or there. I don't care about that. That's not why I'm in this, okay? I'm here I for the songs. <laughs> I'm in here for the songs. I'm in Montage. here for the montages. I'm in here to see Rocky use his patented Rocky technique to wear down his opponent with his head. And then, you know, when they get tired from punching his face, he comes back. Comes back in a big way, bro. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so uh, this really is primetime grade A beef Stallone here. This is the Stallone you've come to know and love. This isn't your daddy's Stallone fanboy. (laughs) (laughs) Actually, it is, but... uh... But anyway, what a difference a day makes from this to The Expendables. What do you think? Compare the two Stallones. It really is like two different men. It really is, but you know what? The Stallone in The Expendables, his acting is a lot better. It is. I, I have to admit that. But there's just something about Sylvester Stallone and Rocky IV. Like, I, I can't put my finger on it. There's just something about it, and I can't describe it. But it he, it translates in this movie, and I, it might be part nostalgia. It might be part just everything that was going on in the world at this time that the movie was made and what this meant to the people when it was made. I don't know. It's really one of those movies that is a part of the zeitgeist. Yeah, by the generation. Well, you know, for Stallone, I'm willing to give him a pass because the character talks like this and the character would act like this. The character's been punched in the head a thousand times. Exactly. So that's why I'm okay with him slurring his speech and mumbling and grumbling. Like, oh, what'd you say? Like, it fits. It works for this character. He has, like, brain damage. Yeah, it's what makes him endearing as a person, right? Yeah, because this is all he knows how to do. This is all he is, you know? But it's the one thing he can do, the only thing he can do, he goes all the way. Okay, next up, making his triumphant return to Yes That Bad, Dolph Lundgren. Boy genius, beefcake supreme, Dolph Lundgren. What do you think? I heard a story about Dolph Lundgren where somebody broke into his home, saw pictures of Dolph Lundgren and his family, supposedly, like started to take stuff, saw that there was a picture of him and left his house and put everything back. Out of pure respect. Just out of pure, well, no, I think it was mostly out of fear. Out of mortal fear. Mortal fear from being hit by Ivan Drago. One million kiloton puns. (laughs) It's just head would explode. He didn't really have much to say, but I guess that was the character, right? He was the glacial ice of the Siberian tundra. Was he like Iceman? He was just Goose? He was a lot like Glacius from Killer Instinct. Oh! Oh! Oh, Help me. I'm going to have to one-up you in some way. Okay, well, his character was written to be like a Frankenstein's monster kind of thing, right? He wasn't supposed to talk. He was created by the Soviet Empire. <laughs> he was built in a Soviet lab to yeah, be the he number was, one killer. Right, he was built by the Soviet government to, to be the world's strongest boxer. Yeah, Dolph was perfect for this role. Absolutely. Perfect. No one else on this planet could have done this role. He was... Tailor-made. I mean, he, absolutely. He looked the part. Physically, he was this empowering, imposing, statuesque figure that just represented presented this ice-cold killing machine. He was great. For that alone, he worked. I mean, he, he barely said anything in this movie, but uh, it's not really his fault. It's that the character was written that way to not really talk. He did lift up that Russian diplomat, though, and say, I fight for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In Russian. Okay, next up, Burt Young. Uncle Paulie. 
How do you think he did? Great. He's the heart of this movie. I am Uncle Polly. Uncle Polly is today's everyman. <laughs> He's fat, bald, drinking beer out of a chalice. If you were born in the 1980s, you, you probably are Uncle Polly now. Yeah, I mean, you probably are Uncle Polly at this point. <laughs> We all thought we'd grow up to be Ivan Dragos, but instead... We all became Uncle Paulies. <laughs> <laughs> what a tragedy of our age. <laughs> I mean, Joel, you have a sex bot going around the Yes at Bed headquarters right now. She's the only thing that keeps me going. <laughs> sex machine. Okay, how do you think he did? I hated his character. I hate him. His acting was good, though. I don't really have that much of an affinity for this series. Like, I like the movies, but they're not like the best things in the world. Martin is having a uh, conniption fit. He's an apoplectic seizure. Like, yeah, Rocky's cool, but I don't love Pauly. He annoyed me. Are you out of your mind? in this movie. Pauly only did one thing in this movie that really got me on his side. I'll save that for later. What, when he kissed him? Yeah. <laughs> 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 His homoerotic turn What a twist Or when he was sitting in the carriage in, in Siberia And they were like just like he's sitting there like, eating a sandwich <laughs> No 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 Well I guess we'll have to tune in Find out <laughs> Oh, yeah. All right. So you loved him. I was not happy with him. Next up, the real deal, Carl Weathers. Not since I saw him in Arrested Development have I seen Carl Weathers. Carl Weathers told me that you can get free refills at Burger King. And you take a bunch of uh, bones, put them in a pot. pot, pot. You get stew. You get stew. The Carl Weathers School of Acting, which was in full effect in this Absolutely. film. Carl Weathers, uh, in, in all seriousness, like we're flying off the handles here with this movie because because it's such an important movie to us emotionally. How much but do you think Carl Weathers benches? 20,000 pounds? In this film? Oh, he must have been carbolo. <laughs> <laughs> How much Jack 3D was flowing on the set of this film? It must have flowed like wine. You know, there's a subplot in this movie about steroids and <gasps> is he on steroids? Oh my God, steroid abuse. Which is, which is interesting because Sylvester Stallone was arrested in Australia while filming Rocky Balboa for steroid use. What do you think, Martin? Shocking twist? Hypocrite, as we say here in the Yes at Bad headquarters? Look, we've come full circle, I think. Steroid use is now, you know, such a common, integral part of being an athlete. Just being alive. I'm drinking a tall glass of steroids <laughs> right now. Anabolic steroids, right? Yeah, to keep my inflammation down. Huh. <laughs> Whatever that means. Yeah, I don't know that. If, if that's any indication that we have no idea what steroids do. <laughs> we... Okay, next up, Brigitte Nielsen. She was Dolph's wife. She's pretty attractive. Really? I, she needs to grow her hair out, but... Really? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Really? Yes. I think that's enough. Yeah, yeah, that's enough. <laughs> I thought she was an ice-cold Russian princess, which is perfect for this role. But she, I can tell that. Deep yeah, down inside? Deep down inside, the actress behind that character has really got a heart of gold. Didn't she fall in love with Flavor Flav? Is that her? Was that her? Or am I thinking of Brigitte Wilson? I don't know. I, I'm just an ignorant Yankee doodle. I could very clearly just go like this. And find out, but I refuse. Yeah, I don't really care. Which makes enough. me a true American. Yeah. <laughs> USA, USA, USA. Save those. You're going to need those for later in this review. <laughs> okay, that's pretty much it. Let's get into the brief history of Rocky Four. Wyoming doubled for the frozen expanse of the Soviet Union. I knew it. Boo. They should have shot this in Russia. Boo. I knew it. The Do you even know what was going on in Russia at this time? I wish this movie would have shown me a shocking explanation. 
expose. We found out when the Berlin Wall came down. The small farm where Rocky lived and trained was in Jackson Hole, and the Grand Teton National Park was used for filming many of the outdoor sequences in Russia. Sylvester Stallone has stated that the original punching scenes filmed between him and Dolph Lundgren in the first portion of the fight are completely authentic. Stallone wanted to capture a realistic scene, and Lundgren agreed that they would engage in legitimate sparring. One particularly forceful Lundgren punch to Stallone's chest slammed his heart against his breastbone, causing the heart to swell and his breathing to become labored. Stallone, suffering from labored breathing and blood pressure over 200, was flown over- from the set. It was over 200! Yes. No, no, no. But in like a serious, on a serious note, <laughs> that can kill you. Ah, he could take it. He's a man. All right. If you're free, I mean, yeah, it'll hurt you if you're not a real man. He had a blood pressure over 200 and was flown from the set in Canada to St. John's Hospital in Santa Monica, St. Jude's Hospital <laughs> in Santa Monica, and it was forced into intensive care for eight days. Stallone later commented that he believed Lundgren had the athletic ability and talent to fight in the professional heavyweight division of boxing. What do you think of that? I wouldn't want it any other way. He Adi- was born for that role. He really is a Superman. Additionally, Stallone claimed that Lundgren nearly forced Carl Weathers to quit in the middle of filming the Apollo versus Drago exhibition fight. In one take for the Creed Drago fight scene, Lundgren tossed Weathers into the corner of the boxing ring. Weathers shouted profanities at Lundgren while leaving the ring and announcing that he was quitting the movie and calling his agent. Only after Stallone forced the two actors to reconcile did the movie continue. This event caused a four-day work stoppage while Weathers was talked back into the part and Lundgren had to be forced into toning down his aggressiveness. What do you think of that? Carl Weathers. What a prima donna, huh? Really? I'm stunned. Listen, it's acting, but he's method acting. Yeah, Dolph is a method actor. He's just a giant person, though. He lives the role. Yeah, the problem is he is a Superman. The film won five Golden Raspberry Awards, including Worst Actor, Sylvester Stallone, along with Rambo First Blood Part 2. Worst Director, Stallone. Worst Supporting Actress, Brigitte Nielsen. Worst New Star, Nielsen, along with Red Sonia. And Worst Musical Score? (gasps) Unbelievable. It also received nominations for Worst Picture, Worst Supporting Actress, Talia Shire, Worst Supporting Actor, Burt Young, and Worst Screenplay. These golden raspberries are out of control. What do you think? You know what? Time has really told how where this movie sits in the... <laughs> the, uh, the pantheon? The pantheon, and, and really in all of our hearts. And I'm going to make the argument that just like the Oscars should be held off for about 10 years, 10 years from now, Rocky IV is still going to be a prolific film that the children of history are going to be studying probably for the rest of time. Uh, yeah, as long as movies exist. Beyond, after movies exist, like this, the story we're about to talk about is just going to enter our folklore and legend. I'm going to make the argument that after the human race has long gone extinct, other civilizations will dig this up and they'll find that Rocky statue. (laughs) (laughs) He must have been a god. How right they really were. Okay, this movie had a $28 million budget, and it made how much worldwide? $28 billion. Very close. $300 million. Wow. What does that translate to in Bison Bucks? Rocky Four. So this movie starts off with an extremely <laughs> subtle opening shot of two boxing gloves. <laughs> one has an American flag on it. The other one has a Russian uh, hammer, sickle. hammer and sickle on it. They collide and explode. The subtlety was so subtle, I didn't ever understand what I was looking at. What about you? Do you have difficulty getting it? This this opening scene is essentially a thesis statement for this movie. Yeah. <laughs> it reminded me of like when the Super Bowl happens and you see the two helmets colliding. <laughs> 
Uh, the only problem I have with this opening scene, besides it being too awesome, is they could have made a better explosion. <laughs> yeah, it was so cheap. <laughs> so cheap. It looks like they put an M80 inside yeah, of like a little a, firecracker. Like, come on, man. But you know what? Michael Bay was just a little Michael Baby at this time. Yeah, a little Babelet. <laughs> <laughs> a little Michael Baby. I mean, this is great. I love the way that they introduce this movie because I know right off the bat. Cold I'm, War. I'm, it's the Cold War and I'm in for a wild ride. Yes. <laughs> this is going to be a real thrill ride. Buckle up, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Look, it's Paulie's birthday. He's sitting at Sylvester Stallone's mansion at this point since he since he beat Mr. T. He beat Apollo Creed. He's made millions, hundreds of millions of dollars. He's a very wealthy man and he can have the most state-of-the-art artificial intelligence, robots, all the best things that money can buy. I'm assuming that the reason they did this was just to show you how rich and far along Rocky He's, is in his life. That's the whole point. It's just a symbol. Yeah. As unrealistic as it is, that's what it's supposed to be. But man, oh man. I, even back then in 1985, I wonder what people thought. Did this movie come out at the same time as like Short Circuit or something? Like, why did he have a robot? I don't know. I feel like when we were little kids, this robotic theme in movies awesome. was so, so strong. Batteries not included, even though they were aliens. They, they were kind of robotic. They, they were robots. Like, just just the idea that, like, there was going to be robotic artificial intelligence, like RoboCop, and this this was so prevalent in all these movies, and I'm not surprised that it made it into Rocky IV. That's a really good point, yeah. You know, I mean, it, as, as far as, like, that time frame is concerned, it they, their movie needed it. Here we are, 70 years later, from this movie came out, <laughs> and where's my robot? The best we have now are, like, Roombas, but that's a joke. Why? <laughs> you don't want a robot cleaning your floor? No! I want a sex bot like Polly has. You may want to discuss that issue. What? Real dolls? <laughs> they don't move on their own. You can program them too. Oh, uh, t- tell me more after the show. Uh, yeah, of course. Alright, yeah, so Polly has this giant robot. It, can you describe how the way it looks? It looks like E.T. It has this giant ovoid head, like a like an egg, kind of flat and egg shape. It has like bug eyes. Big bug eyes. Random pointless LEDs glowing on it. And it has like a giant tank tread body that it's it, moving around the room with. It looks super slow and lumber it's like, hello, Polly. Yeah, it's, it sounds like it's had like a larynxectomy, like because that throat cancer or something. I thought even for the 80s, it looked bad. Okay, so we cut to Apollo Creed. Now, Apollo Creed is Carl Weathers. And Carl, of course, those who know, who know this series, know that Carl Weathers was Rocky's rival in the original films. But during Rocky Three, they became best friends and maybe a little more when they were running on the beach. <laughs> <laughs> there were brothers in arms and Hands. brothers in bed. <laughs> Whatever that means. <laughs> I let your imagination run wild. So yeah. Apollo Creed, you know, he's sparring with Rocky, their best buds. And right off the bat, he's in the pool. He's in his own super millionaire mega mansion. He sees Ivan Drago on TV and he's like, I got it. We got a real get rich quick scheme. I'm going to fight him for an exhibition match and I'll be famous again. Not a bad plan, right? No, it's not. But the question that I have for you is, why does he need to do that? That's a really good question, and that's something that the movie addresses. He's an over-the-hill fighter. I mean, not by a huge margin, but I guess by boxing standards, once you've had enough fights, your brain turns to mush. Apollo wants to fight Ivan Drago. Now, we see Ivan Drago, the way he's introduced in this insane scene when he's in a Russian lab, punching things, and we see how many PSI his his punches are given. What did you think of that symbol sound effect that they were using when he was punching? Yeah, that's another thing. So, what did you think of the sound effects of the punching in this movie? Did they not have proper sound effects? 
effects yet? You know, my girlfriend brought this up. She was like, wow, I, I really like the punches in this movie. And I looked at her and I was like, huh? Are you out of your mind? <laughs> I think the punches are garbage in this movie. They don't sound real. They sound like crap. And to me, I guess it's just how things were done at the time period. Like the way Foley and sound effects were done in that era. Like if you wanted to do a, a, a punch sound effect, this is how you did it. Today, if this movie was made, the punches would be more bone cracking. Like you hear more like impact and they'd be louder. You know, you know what I'm saying? They'd be meatier. You know, they sound like slaps now in this movie. Right, right. The truth of the matter is that punches sound like neither of those two things. No. Like, I don't know if you've ever been to a boxing match before, but they don't sound like that. It's like a sickening thud against yeah, it's, a slab of meat. Yeah, yeah. It sounds like a big piece of meat hitting a wall. It sounds like a big meat rod hitting my face. <laughs> <laughs> so this is it. Russians have invaded U.S. sports. Ivan Drago comes to America and his camp essentially says that he is... He's the best. He's the best. Around. He's the physically strongest. He's been trained with the state of, the most state-of-the-art technology. The techniques that they're using has created this quote-unquote superhuman fighter that they've brought over to America to fight the greatest boxer to show that what they've done is the best. Apollo is... He's done. He's past his prime. He has no business fighting this guy. And they... And Rocky... Continuously, Adrian, everyone tells Everyone him. tells him, like, you have no business doing this. Like, we're not young anymore. We're not trained. Like, he's trained anymore. We can't do this. I actually like that. There's that part where Rocky's like, we're like normal people now. That's that's the truth. Like, boxers, like, when they are at their prime, they're not, comparatively, they're, they're just not human. There was a quote that a doctor gave to a reporter that essentially said after he examined Muhammad Ali, that if aliens came to our planet and asked for the perfect physical human specimen on our planet, he would present to them Muhammad Ali. That speaks volume for, like, how these people are trained physically. So, I mean, that's that's telling. Like, they're not they're not boxers anymore. I really like this element of the story where Rocky's like, why are you doing this? Don't do it. This is stupid. It is. You just, Ro- he- Rocky doesn't want Apollo to fight, but Apollo says, like, we can't change. That's, like, the his thesis statement of the film. He says, I'm a boxer. I'm a fighter. I'm a warrior. That's what I am. It's what I do. I can't change that. That's what he says. Keep that in mind, I guess. It's that, It's kind of like a Spartan mentality, right? Where, like, I am a fighter. That's who I am. No I don't matter care what I do, yeah. I can't change it. I don't care what the consequence. He's even to the to the point where he's like, I don't care what the consequences even are. This is who I am. So right off the bat, like, I'm telling you this right now, I'm really enjoying this movie, and it really strikes me as I'm watching it this time around. This movie is big and loud, and I dare say cartoonish. This movie is a big cartoon. I'm gonna go on a limb and say like this movie. It's almost as if this movie was writ- written for children. This movie is so simplistic and easy to understand and straightforward. It makes perfect sense why a bunch of kids growing up in the 80s would latch onto this and be like, wow, this movie's awesome. And, and, and as I'm sitting there watching it, I'm like, wow, this movie is just so easy to watch and straightforward. And a lot of movies, that would be a detriment. Like, this movie's so dumb and it's like a kid's movie. For this movie, it's a strength in a big, 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 big way. Like, I was so into this movie. It's such an easy watch. You know what? It's like a popcorn, it's like a summer popcorn movie. The movie in and of itself, though, does it, it has all of those aspects to it, but I think in this time in our country, everything was really complicated and, like, confusing and nebulous, and they wanted, I mean, a lot of movies came out at this time that made things just 
very simple. Like, they're bad, we're good, everybody's yeah, the red, same. Red Dawn, yeah, I mean, that was just happening nonstop. Hunt for Red October, which had to do with that, but yeah, okay, has the word red in it. I got you. This was the voice that Hollywood was speaking with at this time. And I could make the argument that this is what the audience wanted. You can look at the box office results. This is what people wanted. I keep thinking back to Starship Troopers, right? That movie looked really simple and dumb on the surface. But it wasn't this. This what is this, different. This movie is really simple and dumb, like extremely simple and dumb on the surface. Extremely. There, at first glance, there doesn't seem to be any depth to this at all. It's like a nothing story. It's so flimsy and ridiculous. You can sum up the plot of this movie in, in like 30 seconds. But is there more? You tell me. It's almost as if this was a movie created for the American public to project themselves onto. American power fantasy? Yeah, absolutely. That's what this is. In a time where people are kind of like worried, scared, frightened of... I, I, I mean, I don't know if you remember in the 80s, like when we were little kids, but like people were scared of like nuclear attacks. Yeah. I mean, this was something for us to project onto and like alleviate our fears and worries. And I think it served that purpose really well. I agree with you. That's a really good point. But is it as deep as Starship Troopers? I mean, I don't think anything is as deep as Starship Troopers. All right. So Apollo decides to go through the fight anyway and goes to fight Ivan Drago. So we cut to this like press conference. And I thought this is pretty interesting the way they do this, where Apollo is having the press conference with the Russians. And what I thought was pretty interesting with this press conference is the Russians are being really polite. They're like perfect gentlemen. And Apollo is being the ugly American. They were being humble. They were, they're being really humble, even though that they have the Superman here and they were going to fight. They flat out say, Apollo Creed is a well-known boxer in our country and he is well-respected. This is an honor to fight him, right? And even saying that, Apollo is he's a jackass to him. I was really struck with that while watching it this time around. Typical American grandstanding. Yeah, he's just a Yankee doodle. What'd you think of this? This sets the stage for like, hey, maybe part of this we have to own. Maybe we got to clean our side of the street. Know what I mean? People in glass houses and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, stuff like that. <laughs> some, some crap like that. Yeah, something like that. They all show up for the fight. Apollo decides to go through with it. And they end in Las Vegas, City of Lights. Everybody's there. This is a huge show. This is America versus Russia. These two men are dripping in sweat and oil. Why? Why? I, I have that written down. <laughs> Why is Ivan Drago sweaty? He hasn't done anything yet. <laughs> Nothing's happened. <laughs> he comes out already pre-lubed. <laughs> Why? for the Slip and slide. I mean, like, that is a thing where, like, you put Vaseline on your face to, like, slip punches. But at the same time, he's, like, chest and his arms. And it wasn't even Vaseline. It was just, like, dew. They like, kissed with dew. They, they, they dipped him in baby oil before he came out. <laughs> this is, like, Michael Bay-esque. How everyone's always oily and drippy. You know, did Michael Bay? He saw Rocky Four. He saw Rocky Four, and he's like, this is it. This is what we need. <laughs> I need all my men to be dripping with sweat. <laughs> <laughs> but know, really, I thought it was distracting. I don't know. I haven't seen that many boxing matches in my day, but does Manny Pacquiao come out dripping like this? No. Why would he? <laughs> was he in a boxing match before another boxing match? <laughs> <laughs> He's shadow boxing in the background. All right, yeah, so they have their the match of the millennium here. What did you think millionaire of Rick James? fighting? Yeah, so Apollo Creed comes down from the ceiling, and it's just like this insane, over-the-top, gaudy spectacle where he's wearing an Uncle Sam hat, at least a American Did you feel trunks. embarrassed for America? When yes. This, I felt embarrassed for the country of America while this was happening. I was like, oh my God, this is embarrassing. I've never been more embarrassed to be a Yankee doodle than this. I know, seriously. It really was like Ivan Drago was being like the humble. 
humble guy. And Apollo symbolized the ugly American, the big, brash, loud, obnoxious guy who just wouldn't listen and wants everything his way. He has the mentality of a child. He really does. Like he's sitting there taunting Ivan Drago for no reason whatsoever. And this is supposed to be a friendly fight. But this is an exhibition match. It's meaningless. A meaningless fight. It doesn't mean anything. But instead, he blows it up into this huge spectacle. Right. Where he's like, oh, I'm America and I'm going to beat you up. Isn't it interesting that there's only two fights in this movie? Yep. I'm just thinking about it now. And there's really only two fights, only one of which has Rocky in it. Yep. What do you think of that? This whole movie is set up for America versus Russia. And we need Russia to really be an enemy. So you have to set them up. You have to show that they did something evil. Right now, they seem okay with me. Right now, Russia is like the the hero in this movie. Yeah, and the Americans are unbelievable. They need to get their comeuppance. Okay, so Ivan Drago comes up from the floor of the ring and Apollo Creed, he does his whole song and dance, grandstanding in front of everybody. And they go into the center of the ring to, to, to touch gloves and Ivan Drago puts his hands out and Apollo Creed goes to slam them down and they don't budge. Not an inch. Not an inch. I was I was like, you are screwed. <laughs> <laughs> he's he's like, like that's the moment that his fantasy world kind of starts to come crashing down. He's like, uh-oh. <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> Whoops. But he's still being stubborn. He still won't admit or be humble and ad- admit that he needs to postpone this. That is America, isn't it? Humility? Forget it. Well, time to go to school. You will lose. This is awesome. So they have their their, their friendly exhibition match. There's nothing friendly about this. <laughs> this is this is like countries embittered with hate, morass of of they, they they just want to destroy each other and they fight for two rounds. After the first round, it is apparent that this is a mismatch. They need to stop the fight. And I'm surprised the ref just doesn't stop the fight right then and there. This is a obvious mismatch. Whenever I watch boxing matches and something like this happens, they stop the fight immediately. Like they made a mistake in putting these two people in the ring together. Somebody could get severely injured or killed and they just stop it. Nope. They just let it go. And this isn't a game. Exhibition match. This isn't even like an actually like a sanctioned match. Why are they letting it happen after that first after that first round? The the, the fight is just over. Not like I understand that the corner throws the towel in and takes the fighter out of the match, and they have that right to do that. But a higher but authority the ref, has the, to step in. The, the ref is the authority on that, and when he sees something that is going like it did in this movie, they it's their job just to stop the fight, and yeah. and and they almost always do. Yeah, because this is above and beyond the call of insanity. He was pummeling a. Apollo, turning him into just a mush of goo with every punch. It was absurd. After that first, first of all, the punches that he took in that first round would just kill somebody. Flat out. Like that, that would kill someone. It made no sense that he was even alive after that first round. He was getting bludgeoned to the face repeatedly. So he he essentially gets his face rearranged. He gets down into the corner and Rocky's like, we got to call this fight. Yep. But Apollo is too stubborn. He refuses. He says, no, I'm going to get back in there. He's like, no, you're going to get killed. Like we need to stop this. And he gets back in there. He's like, no matter what. But no matter what happens, don't call the fight. I don't want you to call it. Don't you dare call the fight. And he goes back out, second round. He's getting destroyed. His trainer's like, throw the towel in. He's dying. Yeah, Rocky has the towel in his hand. And then I like this scene a lot of him holding the towel. And you can see it in his eyes that he knows that he's going to get killed. He knows that he's going to get killed, but he understands Apollo more than anybody else does. Right? And he knows- They're the same. They're the same person. Right. Like he understands what he's going through and how he he 
would resent him forever if he stopped this match. Like he he understands that he would rather die. He'd rather die than lose like that. And that's why he was so conflicted with throwing in the towel. He never says it. Rocky never says anything about it, but you see it in his face and it's all there. You can just understand it. No, it absolutely is there. Rocky understands that he would rather die than lose that way. And Rocky's decision is is really a decision between being selfless and selfish as backwards and bizarre as that sounds. Rocky wants to throw in the towel so badly because Apollo is his friend and he doesn't want to lose him. But at the same time, he knows that Apollo would never accept that and would hate him probably for the rest of his life if he did that. So he does, I'm going to say arguably the selfless thing, even though you can make the argument that Apollo Creed is the most selfish person ever because he's like (laughs) married, he has like family, friends, he's just being selfish, but he doesn't throw the towel in this one final blow that you can see it just snaps his neck. (laughs) And he falls and he's like convulsing. He's like twitching on the floor. This is a great, great scene. Great fighting. Good stuff. Real exciting stuff here. I can see why Apollo Creed stormed off the set. I mean, yeah. can you getting punched in the face like that? <laughs> Repeatedly? <laughs> Ivan Drago says the most famous line in this movie. If he dies. He dies. He dies. Fantastic stuff. That's that's like the best. He, he only has like a handful of lines, but of those two lines that he says, like that's a real keeper. When when he said that, I felt the icy cold wind of the tundra. Of Russia blowing into blowing, your house. Bl- bl- blowing into my heart. I was like, oh God, he really is a, he is a machine. <laughs> oh, so that, that's the setup of this whole movie, p- p- pretty much. Rocky wants to get revenge for his friend. That's it. He wants to restore America's honor. Really? Really? That's why he's doing it? Absolutely. Did you see why Apollo, how Apollo Creed acted? That's America? That's not the America I grew up in. No? USA. 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 Restore America's honor. This isn't revenge. Oh, this is duty. This is God-given right. He had no choice. He might as well have been Captain America. That's how patriotic Rocky is in this movie. Rocky gets in an argument with Adrian over, you know, whether or not he should fight and if if he is doing the right thing. And this yields one of the greatest montages of all time. Yeah, you know, this movie is world-renowned for its montages. And I think this is the first, the James Brown part, that doesn't count as a montage, right? No. Okay, so he's driving around in his car, music is playing, and he's having flashbacks to all the old movies. What do you think of this? He shifts his transmission 500 times in this scene. How many speeds are on his clutch? Like, how many... How many different speeds does he have on that car? Most- I hated this scene. I hated it. It was so lazy. It was just an easy way to pad out the runtime. To have clips from the first three movies in it had nothing to do with anything. Every time he shifts, they show clips from previous movies, and they do it so much. And my my cousin pointed this out to me, I think, when I was like 16 years old. He's like, look how many times he's shifting in this scene. Like, cars usually have like five gears. And I'm like, oh, yeah. And I counted. He shifts like a hundred times. <laughs> he's driving on a highway, though, isn't he? <laughs> <laughs> He's got a lot in his mind. Yeah, but why is he constantly going like faster and slower? And faster? <laughs> <laughs> or does he just keep going faster and faster until some memories require more time to process? So he's got to go to a lower gear. <laughs> What did you think of the music during this montage? I hated it. I hated it. I hated really? this scene. I love this scene. Wow, we couldn't be more at odds here. Did, did we even watch the same movie? Oh, by the way, here's a question I have for you, all right? We know that it was Rocky's duty to toss in the towel. Everybody knows that that was his job, tossing the towel. Why wasn't Apollo's wife mad at him for not tossing in the towel? I felt that way too during the funeral. I was surprised that they would even let him be there. Yeah, and he's like, they're giving the speech of honor, giving the the eulogy. I don't know. I would thought that his wife would have lost and been like, murdered. Murderers is your fault and like slamming her fist on his chest and he just stoically takes it. That's a scene that should have been in this film. Listen, she ex- 
she's gone through the stages of grief really quickly. <laughs> yeah, she shifted her gears a thousand yeah. times and got there real fast. Yeah, she had her own driving montage that they didn't show in this movie. <laughs> You know, there's no easy way out, and he makes his way to Mother Russia. And when they get there... I'm going to call this a montage, too. This the, is... The Welcome to Russia montage. He, he's in a different Russia than Drago's in, right? Yes. The Russia that Rocky's in is the Russia of, like... Siberia. 1700s, Siberia or something, because there's, like, dog sleds and... Yes. It's, yeah. a, it's a very stereotypical idea of what Russia's like. And then Drago... Which makes sense if they're filming it in Wyoming or wherever the hell. Right. And then Drago is in Moscow or something. Yeah, he's in Petersburg government laboratory underground in some bunker where they're <laughs> he's, he's in the basement of a missile silo <laughs> he spends the majority of his time getting getting in, injections of steroids adrenaline and running on treadmills so we get like double dose of montages we get welcome to Russia which cuts into training montage one which then cuts to training montage two which then cuts back to training montage three it's unbelievable the number, like this 20 minutes stretch is montage after montage after montage. It's like one after the other. I haven't seen a, a movie do this since SWAT. SWAT did this where it was like two training montages in a row but this movie is the, the king of the montage. Were you enjoying yourself? I was. These, these are good montages because they were showing the differences between the training styles. Rocky's more humble, down earth lifting rocks and chopping wood. Ivan Drago's injecting steroids and using machines. Listen, the point of this montage was to show and I don't, I don't know if you're really if you have your eyes open up let me open my third eye this shows that mind's eye that technology and know-how can't it's not it's not gonna beat heart and spirit that hard-working american ideal don't you get it joel truth justice Te the american way technology can't beat the heart and soul of a man you're a real technocrat this is like the john henry story shown in a montage so this movie is being elevated to folktale now this movie is more important than the john henry story but <laughs> <laughs> I stand by every analogy I made for this movie, by the way. Rocky's the next Johnny Appleseed. Like, he's that important. He's seeding Russia with American ideals. By the way, this is super important. Did you notice what's on the back of Polly's coat? No. I almost died when I saw this. How could you not have noticed this? I didn't see it. He had the official, original, don't tread on me snake flag on Did the he? back of- Yes! I didn't see it. On the back it. of his jacket. For a split second, he had the don't tread on me flag. I stood up and I started cheering. Polly gets it. Don't you dare tread on me. USA. Hey. USA. USA. You, you know what? We like make that joke about everything. This is the only movie that it's actually applicable. Right. It, it, it's not applicable to anything else that we've ever spoken about. Ever. <laughs> like, I mean, essentially, we're just we're just mocking it, but... <laughs> <laughs> How ironic of you. Yeah, but... I, You're the I, most ironic of them all. A true hipster. We're mocking it, but we're mocking that everybody mocks it. <laughs> now, you're, you're a real meta as well. Yeah. We're postmodern hipsters. Postmodern meta ironic hipsters. <laughs> Whatever the hell that... <laughs> well, I don't even know what that is. That's just, that's just a regular person. I think. <laughs> yeah. You just go full circle. <laughs> back to a normal person. <laughs> <laughs> what did you think of Drago's montage where they show Rocky running up the mountain and Drago running... Running on the treadmill. I thought that the treadmill was just going to go straight up at 90 degree it's angle. To, to the moon. Yeah, he's going to walk on the wall. Gonna, he's just going to start running up the wall. <laughs> 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 yeah, it was awesome. He really is a Superman, huh? You know what? In these scenes, it makes sense. It makes sense for him to be sweating like a beast. Yeah, 
Yeah, the training he was doing was insane. Yeah, it was crazy. And the training that Rocky was doing was even crazier. The stuff that he was doing was, it was oh, absurd. Unbelievable. Like, he was insanely physically fit during this stuff. He, was he really doing this? Or did he have wires holding him up while he was doing those, those crazy crunches? No, I think he really was doing that. Amazing. Unreal. The beefcake meter. Where he meter. had, like, the, like the, the crazy, like, upper ab isolation yes. crunches. Yeah. He looked like a gymnast. He looked like a Greek god. He really is a god. The beef meter we have here at the SFB headquarters just, just burst. Yeah. I got hit with shrapnel. <laughs> <laughs> Well, look, the best part of this montage, and it culminates in something that, um, you know, is absolutely over the top and cartoonish and absurd, but at the same time is, I can't help but get engrossed in it. He literally runs up a mountain. He runs up a, up a mountain range. My testosterone was flowing at this point. How about you? I, I, have, I could feel it pumping through my veins. I shaved my chest before I watched this movie. I have a full head of chest hair. <laughs> <laughs> Back on my chest again. That's how much testosterone is in this movie. I couldn't believe it, so... <laughs> Rocky screams Drago from a mountaintop. Yeah, yeah. The con! I was shaking. Oh, yeah? You were quivering? I was quivering with anticipation for this fight. I was I was giggling at this stupid Drago thing. I didn't like that. I don't think he should have done that. I like that he ran up the mountain because it mirrored the stairs from the first one. But I, I thought the screaming was cheesy as hell. Because, because... His best friend was killed by Drago. Yeah, 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 yeah. But it's done in such a flippant and just like quick way in this movie that... It doesn't really have any emotional weight. He me. ran at the top of a mountain after a 20-minute montage. Scene. Yeah, yeah. How much he, more weight do you want to attach to this? I would have preferred it if he just had a guttural primal scream. <laughs> you want him to pry? <laughs> scream three, fall into distance. Gut-wrenching scream. Did you want him to have primal rage? <laughs> yeah, I wanted him to piss and throw a and giant fart, fart cloud and everything. Okay, so he's ready for the fight. If there was ever a man that was physically fit and ready to fight Ivan Drago, <laughs> yeah. it is Rocky Balboa at this point. Adrian had come to Russia, she realized that she was wrong all, all along. Even though, uh, I don't know even how they let her wasn't. through customs and the Iron Curtain and all that stuff. Yeah, so she shows up in Wyoming slash Siberia, and she's gonna be in his corner. Their child is back at home, I, I guess being watched by two other children? No, the sex bot's watching him. Okay, so the fight begins, and this is essentially the opposite of what was going on in America with Apollo Creed. This is a exhibition of Russian strength, Russian ideals, and Rocky walks in to the match and Polly gives him a sweet kiss. Says, hey, hey baby, come here. You're looking real buff. That, that's what happened, right? Yeah, he said, Rocky, you're full of heart. If I could unzipper myself Self and, 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 be, and, and come out as someone else, I'm like, what does that mean? <laughs> <laughs> if I could unzip my pants and pull something out and put it in some other person, it would be, be you. you. And it gives him a real smooch <laughs> on the cheek. <laughs> so Rocky goes down through the crowd. He goes down, he goes down on Paulie and then goes down through the crowd. The crowd... They are burning with hatred That's for this That's a tough man. crowd. Boo, get out of here. Go back to America. Yeah, they were throwing borscht at, at him. USSR. 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 You could hear that chanting in the background. Yeah, they were playing the Beatles back in the USSR. <laughs> and he walks down to the ring and Drago gets introduced and they drop a big flag of Drago's stoic figure. Amazing. I'm like, wow, that's pretty intense. American National Anthem, it's pretty good. That Russian National Anthem, 
some, whew, that's got some power to it, right? I have no idea what they're saying, but I've heard it a bunch of times. Same here. That is a great national anthem. Give them credit. Give them credit where credit is due. That is a damn good national anthem. Not only that, it makes me feel... It, I'm not Russian, and I felt proud I, to hear I know, it. I know, it's like, oh my God. Yeah, like, I would have like, said like, saluting their flag. <laughs> <laughs> they always had us converting to communism. So... <laughs> The song converts us. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, by the way, you know, that communist flag, that's a damn good flag, right? From a design perspective. Oh, yeah. That's one of the top 10 best flags. The American flag is absurd. <laughs> <laughs> what happened to our USA, USA pride? It's all going down the toilet. No, no. Look, look. <laughs> Let's call it Space Bay here, you know. And- I'm American and I love America, but at the same time, I'm just from a design perspective. Yeah. It looks ridiculous. It's, it's very <laughs> ad hoc. It really is. It looks like it was just like, thrown together. You want to see a real flag, a real country's flag? Brazil. To me, that's the best flag. <sighs> that's a damn good flag. I like Japan's flag. Oh, you like the simplicity? Yeah, just the circle. It's really good. What about the Isle of Man with all those legs kicking? Yeah. <laughs> Get out of here. <laughs> they begin the fight and this is true of every Rocky movie ever made. The first 11 rounds, Rocky gets beat to a pulp. Yeah, I, I was like, what is this? Dragon Ball Z? I feel like I'm watching Goku fighting. So, of, what's going to happen? We have the opening fight where Rocky's getting pummeled. And then at some point, I knew he was going to find his inner strength and come back fighting. DBZ style, right? Am I off base? No, he found his heart. Yeah, Dragon Ball Z style. By the way, this opening fight scene, it's another montage. Without a doubt, this is a fighting montage. They're fighting, music's playing, and round numbers are flying around wildly. It shows them in between montages, sitting in their corner. Rocky is unintelligible like he is in every other Rocky movie. And Drago says in Russian. He's not a man. He's made of iron. Pretty cool. And then I felt pride welling up inside of my yep. heart. And that, I'm like, heart on fire, strong desire. <laughs> 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 yeah, you know, just a couple of seconds ago, we were flushing our American flags down the toilet. We're <laughs> going to become communists. You're clogging our toilet. toilet. <laughs> we're stopping them down. <laughs> we were, we were pouring gasoline down there, lighting them on fire, flushing down the toilet. But now, now we're draping ourselves in our wet American flags. Like, yes, proud to be yeah, an American. Because at least I know I'm free. <laughs> These colors don't run. So, except when, after we flush them down the toilet, it gets wet. Yeah, so Rocky screams, don't tread on me. It starts swinging wildly, landing every punch, really taking uh, Drago down a notch. So the montage ends like in every other Rocky film, round 12. It's the final round, okay? This is where the montage ends and we, we see an actual fight. Rocky is fighting Drago. He's getting punches and it's going back and forth. I don't know who's going to win. I know I know who's going to win. In your heart, you know. In my heart, I know who's going to win. But I've seen this movie a trillion billion times and I'm still on the edge of my seat at, at the end of this movie it's still doing this to me I'm still there I'm like oh my god is Draco gonna beat him come on Rocky you can do it yeah this is actually is a good fight scene it is good I'm like I'm like come on you can do it and, 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 and I'll say this they did a really good job setting up the differences between these two people he's like six foot twenty well so Rocky, we're down to the wire it's almost Rock, done it's going blow to blow and I love the American announcer they are out of steam 
steam. They have no more energy. This is nothing but a random street fight. It comes down to who's got more heart. Who wants it more? Yeah, Street Fighter 2. It's exactly what it was like. And and the Russian crowd, they're turning. They're tied. They're cheering for Rocky because he is obviously the underdog in this fight. He is small. No matter where you are, everybody loves an underdog, right? No oh. matter where you are. It's the humans. It's the triumph of the human spirit. <laughs> That's what this is, Joel. This is a triumph of the human spirit. <laughs> indeed, it's indeed. just like Shawshank Redemption when he when he comes out through the pipe and is being baptized in the rain. That's exactly like this. This is same, same level of emotion for me. All right, so Rocky lands one last punch. Ivan goes down for the count. Drago is down, and Rocky gives the speech of the Millennium. Of the Millennium, the Berlin Wall came down after the speech single handedly. This this saved the world. American diplomats, leaders of state, generals in the military, they were all in the war room ready. They had their finger hovering over that button, that big red button. They if were Rocky gonna, lost, they were going to launch the nukes. They were going to launch them all. <laughs> all of them. <laughs> the whole shebang. It was all coming down. And of course, once the Russians detected that we had launched our nukes, that'd be it. Assured mutual destruction. destruction. The entire world was over. I don't know if you realize this, Joel, but human life on this planet would have ended if I'd Rocky, Rocky lost. lost that match. I know it all too well. And depending on the speech that he gave, it could have all been lost also. But he said that when he was fighting, he saw the people change. And he started to change. And if I can change and you can change, then maybe we can all we change. We can all change. I gotta say, I've seen this movie 30 trillion times. I still got emotional during this speech. It's fantastic. It really is good. Again, really simple base level Doesn't stuff. need to be complicated. But it really hits you at an emotional level. Like, there's a lot of truth into what he says there, right? Absolutely. Especially given what Apollo said earlier in the movie how about people can't change and blah 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 but Rocky saw it firsthand like hey maybe there's hope for us yet he was changed by an experience rather than an intellectualization or a theory he had an experience and was changed he can change this is really good like, you can change that, like legit that is a legitimately really good maybe we can all scene. change there's hope for redemption for everyone okay so that's it that's Rocky 4 let's find out what the real critics have to say about this movie <laughs> Even Sylvester Stallone seems to be getting tired of this series. As the writer and director, as well as the star, he puts himself to the same old paces. Roger Ebert, Chicago Sun-Times. He's gonna regret that review. Should have stopped at three. Four? No more. Bob Bloom, Journal and Courier. (laughs) Cold War metaphors delivered with all the subtlety of a sledgehammer. Dampens the storytelling. Gabriel Shanks, mixed reviews. Okay, Martin, this movie currently has a 44% on Rotten Tomatoes. But is it real? Really that bad. This movie is incredible. I mean, I don't know what movie these critics saw, but it wasn't the movie that I watched. This movie has it all. It has excitement, romance, adventure. I'm on the edge of my seat and it's got- Romance. It's got bromance. It's got a great political allegory for the geopolitical situation of the 80s of the Cold War and the isolation created by the xenophobia in our country and the desire to project a feeling of hope that we can get through it and that we can reunite and maintain peace through it. I love this movie. A lot of it is definitely nostalgia, you know? And it's it's really affecting my review. I can't give this movie an accurate review. <laughs> I just, I, I'm just incapable of it. But I, I, I can I can say this, regardless of like the nostalgia that I have for this movie and the associations of my childhood that I have with it, the movie is is fun for me to watch. I, I have a great time watching it every time I watch it. And there's something to that, regardless of like the memories I have associated with it. You know, some movies have like a pretty limited shelf life where they're like really dependent on like what was happening. <clears throat> 
running mm-hmm. at time when the movie came out and it just won't make sense to people that that weren't alive at that time and I don't know if this movie is one of them but for me it's a great time it's a lot of fun and I love watching it every time so honestly I'm gonna give it a four out of five it definitely has its problems and its flaws the acting is terrible the story is really superficial and surface level but I don't think it really needs to be more complicated than that to enjoy it you know what you're getting into when you watch this movie it's and, and I think it's a great addition to the Rocky series I'm gonna say that this is probably my favorite Rocky Balboa being my second favorite actually this is the sixth one yeah four four out of five I think that this movie should have like a 60 or 70 percent on Rotten Tomatoes okay as for me is it really that bad of course not 44 percent that's an absurdity this movie should be way higher way way higher this movie is really enjoyable I've been working really late shifts lately and I've been coming home pretty late last night I came home late and I did not want to watch a movie I was in a foul mood I was just was not looking forward to watching anything I begrudgingly turned this on within 10 minutes I was like damn I'm really glad to be watching this movie (laughs) like it lifted my spirits immediately this movie is so entertaining it's such a great pure enjoyable film like like just like you said like it has a lot of stupid stuff there's this ridiculous robot subplot and all this bad (laughs) acting and this very childish storyline but on a really base visceral level this movie works and it works really well and it works a lot better than a lot of the other movies you could say that we watch that fall into this exact kind of category like oh it's just a simple popcorn movie just enjoy it no a lot of those movies you just can't do it this one it just works I'm gonna say because of what we talked about in the English patient the human element there's a lot more heart in this movie like you can relate and on a very base human level with what was going on in this story and that's why it's enjoyable 44% way too low yeah I go like 60 70s maybe maybe higher I'm gonna give this a 4 out of 5 deservedly so this is my favorite in the series I'm gonna say one last thing about this movie and it's 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 in relation to the English patient this movie I think is the diametric opposition to the English patient okay the English patient artistically was trying to be this really deep really dramatic really intense and intertwined emotionally complicated movie and it lacked this emotional content this very simple and basic thing that is necessary for me to be interested in a movie it's a very necessary thing for me to just get invested in a story at all and Rocky has it in spades and the English patient doesn't have it at all and I'm gonna say that from a technical level this movie fails in a lot of ways but I still love watching it and that's the difference between the English patient and Rocky 4 for me all right let's read some listener mail Helen writes in and says I started listening to your podcast by chance now I am addicted to it I love it so much I even bought your premium episodes I love how happy you guys are when you get together I swear it has made me a more pleasant person I'm here to invite Joel Martin and possibly Kevin to come to San Diego and stay with me and my family I simply must be friends with all of you Martin can surf all his heart's content as I live near the beach keep doing the same Helen what do you think of that <laughs> surf's up bro I'm actually going surfing right after this there you go it's Tropical Storm Andrea it's pretty tasty out right now well, I'm glad that we can have an open invite to, to go to San Diego someday okay Miles writes in remember we called he got called out last week by a listener yeah and he's here with some knowledge unlike the frozen ship thing this is something that I have actual first hand experience with Captain Jack Sparrow's flintlock would have never worked after being repeatedly dunked in water much less after having been carried around for a few years if memory serves this is mentioned in a scene in one of the later movies where several of the main characters are in a Mexican standoff and all their guns fail to fire due to wet powder. As for making business out of my knowledge, I have been working towards that for a couple of years now. It's not easy. There is much competition and regulation in the firearms industry. Technical consulting isn't in that high of a demand because of the vast amounts of detailed information on weaponry based on the internet. I may become a certified gunsmith in the future, seeing as how all the gunsmiths in my area are either book solid for 
months or cannot be trusted with anything more dangerous than a butter knife. But generally, where one finds work nowadays is in teaching and certifying people in concealed carry courses. But I haven't got my certifications to teach that yet. Awesome. You will have no trouble getting that. Guaranteed. Yeah, I'm sure you won't. Sky's the limit, I think. Okay, next up, Will writes in and says, Fidelio, do you ever find yourself wanting to save a movie you've never seen before because you thought it might end up on the show one day? No. I love Freddy vs. Jason. So cool to hear you bring it up in one of the older episodes. Have you seen it? And which slasher movie do you enjoy the most? That's a tough question. I saw Freddy vs. Jason in the theater. I did not like it then. My opinion might change if I if I see it now. I like Cabin in the Woods as far as slashers go. Yeah, but, but you, he's, you know, he, you know what he's saying. He wants to know Freddy Jason. Uh, if I had to pick one of those people, I'd go with Jason. I'd probably Jason. I, I think the idea of Freddy is stupid. I agree with you. I don't like Freddy. Jason's cooler, I think. I was rooting for him when they were fighting. Yeah. What are your favorite stand-up comedians? Bill Hicks uh, is, is... Another uh, dead hero? Yeah, yeah. I really... <laughs> <laughs> I really like Bill Hicks. I like a lot of David Cross's stuff. I think it's a little too political or re- religious in a lot of senses, but I like the way he makes his deliveries. Chappelle is is, is really good, but some of his stuff is, is a little too much. Um, I mean, Joel loves Sam Kinison. <laughs> I love the nonstop he, screaming. He loves the nonstop screaming into your face, so. I'm gonna go a little niche and say Nick DiPaolo. You really? and I saw him you once. Like, you like Nick DiPaolo? I love him. He's great. I'm, I'm probably gonna see Jamie Kennedy, to be honest, in about a month. Not why don't you just go see the Jimmy Kennedy experiment? Yeah, I'm going to go see that too. I saw Amy Schumann. Oh, yeah? Schuler? Yeah, Schuler. Yeah, I saw Amy Schuler about five months ago, six months ago. She was pretty good. She's got a TV show now. Yeah, she does. I saw her before a TV show started, so maybe it was more like seven months ago. But uh, she's okay. I, I haven't seen Louie, um, and, and I think his stand-up's come a long way in like the past 10 years, which is really something that I'd, I'd like to see. Okay, thanks for those emails, guys. If you want to contact us, you can reach us at yesthatbad at gmail.com. All right, now it's time to announce next week's movie. Next week marks the end, for now, of the sponsored episodes. There are still some people who have, have not sent in their films yet. So until then, we will continue with standard operating procedure and continue to choose the movies ourselves. So in honor of the end of the sponsored episodes, that was quite a run we had, we're going to go back to our roots with a little comic book movie. This is a movie that I've tried to avoid watching for the past five years or so. And unfortunately, I've seen it, I think, maybe more than once. Yep, that's right. We're going to be watching the Jessica Alba classic, The Fantastic Four from 2000. 2005. I am not looking forward to this. Tune in next week when we'll be reviewing The Fantastic Four. Okay, thanks for listening to the show. If you like what you've heard, please consider subscribing. We have a new episode every Tuesday. Please help spread the word of the show by liking us on Facebook, facebook.com slash yesthatbad. Please leave us a positive review on iTunes. Those five-star reviews really do help with the show. You can follow the show on Twitter at yeah, it's bad. You can follow Marta, yeah, it's Martin. You can follow Kevin at yeah, it's Kev. And you can listen to the show and all your mobile devices via Stitcher. You can get that at stitcher.com. Don't forget to get our latest premium podcast at yeahitsthatbad.bandcamp.com. And and you can listen to all our older episodes at yeahitsthatbad.com. Once again, thanks for listening to the show. See you next time. Sounds like a big meat rod hitting my face. <laughs> <laughs> It sounds uh, like a big stick of pepperoni or sausage. Where are homoerotic levels? Are they at ding, 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 Yeah, they are, they are through the roof right now. It's, it's, it's this damn Rocky Four. <laughs> <laughs>